Greetings and welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Why I Love Disney podcast. I'm here with my friends David and JD after a little bit longer of a break than normal, but you got two episodes in one last time. Guys, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm freezing my butt off. Um, (laughs) It's in the 30s up here in Kentucky in October, and I don't like it very much. I'm ready for a Central Florida trip. JD you had some um, snow yesterday. We did have had a. It was flurries. It was gone in an hour. But yeah, way too early of the year in the year for that. JD, are you getting snow down there? And uh, hey, West listen Palm? to this. Actually, today is an exceptionally chilly day at sixty-five degrees. It's actually the coldest it's been, like in this fall season. All right, that's enough. Let's move on. David, how's your day going? (laughs) (laughs) It's freezing over here. It's it's sunny sunny and in the 50s here, but man, I would love to be in Florida. I love being in Florida. Orlando's 64 today. That is a great day to be in a park. It's the best. It can't be much better. Yeah. The last time JD and I were there, uh, just the two of us, I guess it was in Last year in February, it was just the two of us, and it was like in the fifties. And I was, I was like, oh, t-shirt weather, and he's acclimated to Florida, so he's like wanting to put on coats and sweatshirts. And I was, I, I was wearing my amazing. sweatshirt. Yeah, it was freezing. It was definitely freezing. It's cold today. It is. <laughs> it, it does feel colder. I think fifty feels colder, a little bit colder there than it does here at home. Yeah. I don't know oh, why. For sure, but, it's a uh, thick. It's but I thought cold. it was Dustin, great. You know, Dustin, you remember it's a thick cold, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess there's a humid, a humid cold, but man, yeah. I love it. That's, that's the best time to be there. It's better than this summer when it was like 101 degrees plus yeah. humidity when we were yeah. there. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. hey, so let me, that brings up a question. And I, I've been wanting to ask you guys this um, because you know, I've been poking around um, trying to strategize and figure out an idea to get my family um, down to Disney to the parks. I've got some points saved up and and just trying to figure out when to do that. If you were going to go, okay, um, in the the late fall, winter months, when is the best time to go to the parks? Considering weather, crowds, um, just the whole environment together. When would you guys um, say, what are some strategies for that? I know I'm just throwing, I didn't give you this in, in advance. Yeah, yeah, so, no, it's good. Just something pop no. in your head. When do you love to go to the park the most? Yeah, I love it um, when you still get the good decor and decorations. It's like one date that a lot of people say is a great time to go that I like to go also is like the first week or two. Usually that first week of December can be a great week to go because people are finishing off school. Not a lot of people are taking vacations that first week of December, but also you get that winter weather, but also you're getting all of the fun Christmas festivities, uh, all the good Christmas food and stuff like that. Um, so if you're going to go like winter, I'd probably say either that first month of, or that first week of December or a week in a January or February, um, is my peak best time to go to Disney. Yeah. I've always, I've also heard that November is a good time. I I think we've been in November. It's been a while, but, uh, you know, uh, Again, that's not a, a time that people are usually taking. There's no school holidays until Thanksgiving. So if you can get there like the first week of November past the Halloween festivities and all that, I, I think it's hard to tell now because uh, that's historically been the time to go was when people couldn't go uh, because of school. But since the pandemic, it it just looks like it's been really hard to predict because there's been – uh, people traveling at different times than they historically have. So, and the other thing I think is going to affect it over time is what Genie Plus and all these reservations, uh, park reservations, do because they're they're able to, even if there's fewer people in the park that day, it just seems like there are fewer things open. So it's yeah. like that they're controlling the lot the 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 length of the line whether there's forty thousand people in the park or eighty thousand people in the park. It seems that way anyway. That's that's yeah. my guess. So it's hard to tell, but I think I think comf- I think weather wise, those are also great times to go because it's just it's so much it's so much more manageable in the park. Even if the crowds are busy, if it's cooler, you're just in a better place. It's when it's mm-hmm. it's crowded and it's a hundred degrees. That's the hardest time to be there. Yeah. Let yeah. me ask you this: Have you ever uh, have you ever taken your kids out of school to do a Disney trip? 
Well, we did. I we never did that. I don't think, but because when my kids were little, it, it felt like everybody didn't have the same fall break and the spring break. Uh, now it feels like everybody, the whole month of April and August and October are just packed with people taking fall breaks. And I don't think that was as common a thing twenty years ago and even 10 years ago as it is now. So I would now, especially if I had kids in elementary, I would try to figure out how to get them ahead and and, and just work with the teacher and say, we're, we're, we got to do this. This is, this is the time we got to go. And I take them out of school. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been looking to, we're considering a lot of different things, but have you he- heard of the Disney youth education series programs? Are you familiar with that Disney campus? I know I've heard at the Disney Institute and things like that. So it's kind of, I think, an offshoot of that. They closed it during COVID and relaunched as this thing called um, Disney Imagination Campus, where mm-hmm. there are like group time where you can go for the performing arts, arts and humanities, science and technologies, leadership and innovation, where they have, I guess, um, like classes you can take um, at the parks, right? So science and technology, I was reading one review where they they went around the the rock the, the roller coasters right and they would talk about physics and and how that worked and and they would go to different parts of the park and and talk about grab you know just do science experiments based on backstage areas and get to see some of that and I thought that was kind of cool it might be a, a nice educational thing to make a, a trip like that educational for uh, yeah, for your students as opposed to just pulling them out for vacation yeah that sounds interesting. But you don't know anybody and never did that yourself, neither one of you guys? I've never, never heard did no, that. That's, I need that's to, all I would news like to, to me. It's very interesting. That. Yeah. Okay. Well, y'all can't <laughs> answer cool. my questions about it. No. I, I brought it to <laughs> hey, you. Hey, now, you, now you've got a reason problem. to pull them out of school. Let's there take them are. out of school so that you can for educational. Go, make it educational. Yeah, educational purposes. <laughs> educa- exactly. Exactly. You got to. That's hilarious. Once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. Well, yeah. anyhow, um, I, I, you know, just been poking around. There's a couple, couple questions that popped in there to, to get things started with. But I know we were talking. We're all in the middle of She-Hulk and Andor and some other things that are on Disney Plus. Have you guys seen any of the new movies or any of the new content on Disney Plus over the last couple of weeks since we've been talking? Yes. Guess what, guys? I watched Remembering. So now we're all in okay. agreement on <laughs> Remembering. I've watched it. I experienced it. I got my phone out. It was really cool. I'm excited. It's actually, it was so cool that it's like, dang, I need an Oculus. We still need to, we need to figure out how to make that happen. Because um, I just can't, Im- I can't imagine having that pressed up to your eyes and like that being like times a hundred. Um, but super cool. I hope Disney I hope they do more projects like that because um, that that was really cool. Yeah. It's a good first step for sure. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Glad you got caught up on it and you thought the yeah. same as us that it was. Uh, mm-hmm. You could see the potential in it, even if it mm-hmm. wasn't the the greatest yeah. the greatest storytelling venture ever, yeah. Um, yeah. or the greatest. Yeah, I don't want to. I won't. I'll, I'll spare <laughs> the acting knock. You know that normally <laughs> comes in this this moment. Yeah, just be nice. Yeah. Be nice today. That's why we love yeah. Disney, mm-hmm. right? Right. Sure. What about what else have you seen? What else have you been watching? Our our family's been watching the Mighty Ducks. We're caught up on uh, Game Changer se- season two, and uh, having as big a fun as we did the first season. Have you guys had a chance to catch up on Mighty Ducks at all? No, I've not you- seen Mighty Ducks. I've watched <laughs> Endor, She Hulk, uh, Werewolf, uh, Hocus no Pocus Mighty Ducks two. Did you you guys ever watch season one of Mighty Ducks? Dustin, man, you are the number one fan I've ever heard of the Mighty Ducks. You and your family are the sole fan base of the Mighty Ducks. Here's the thing. This is why this is an interesting podcast because y'all miss the generation that it's for. David's too old. You're too young. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> no, I'm saying it just I don't mean you're too old. I just mean you missed it. You know what I mean? Your your kids were too young to take them to the theater to see that. They were. You know? I do remember. I do remember going, but it's been a long time and I I guess it was one of those things we did not have on DVD when they were little either and so we just never watched it that. But I'll tell you this, uh you know, I, I love to uh watch the kind of product that Disney puts out and see what they're selling. And they put out some Mighty Ducks uh, product on um, Shop Disney recently, and it was gone. I mean, fast. And I thought that was really interesting because there have been other things that you'll go, they'll put something out, and you'll think that's going to fly off the shelves, and then it doesn't. But the Mighty Ducks stuff that I saw was gone really fast. 
So there is a there is a there is a group that uh, is very nostalgic because it vanished quickly. It's fun. I, I really do enjoy it. And if if you but if you don't have ties to the original or kids that are you know of the age that would be in the, in that movie or playing sports or youth sports themselves, it may not be as interesting to you. But um, there there's season one especially they pull all the nostalgia strings. Season two is a little more um, what formulaic sports. Disney drama, you know, kind of thing. Mm, so, yeah. um, but I, we're enjoying it. So that was been the biggest yeah. one in our house recently, That's awesome. besides That's the obvious cool. ones. What about you guys? I do, I do want to go back and see it. I'm looking up. Well, when was the original? What year was it? Oh, I, I bet it was eighty nine or ninety. Nineteen ninety two. Ninety two. So yeah, I was yeah. thirteen years old when that came came out the first time. Wow, perfect yeah. date. It was made That's for awesome. me. So yeah, now you're watching it with your with your kids, man. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Uh, Actually, I thought it was older than that. I thought it, yeah, yeah. She Hulk's been the number one thing. Did you I've say been She Hulk? That is right. She Hulk. Yeah. And Andor. Have you finished the, it? The two amigos. Yes, I did. And uh, I'm interested. I need to hear what you guys think because that finale episode, I was like, what did I just watch? Um, personally, we've talked about it a couple times. I I think us three we're kind of going against the current because every comment I see on that Marvel post about She-Hulk, people are tearing it apart, saying it's easily like the worst Marvel content they've ever produced. I don't, you know, I don't, I definitely don't, I don't hate on it that much. I definitely don't think it's anything great. We've kind of talked about how it's definitely for more comical fun than you know Infinity War type beat. Um, but we need to talk about this finale episode because I am kind of confused, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So we, man, I, I, I actually tweeted the other day, like, I'll just say it because you're right. I, I thought this series was incredibly enjoyable. It was, it was yeah. just fun and, uh, yeah. and fantastic. Like every, there has not been a Marvel series miss yet, in my opinion. And again, I say this every time we have these conversations about whatever Marvel series is out. I, I think this is just, you could play a recorder that says, me saying, they're all different. They're all, they all feel different. There's been nothing that I felt, hey, I've seen this before. I know it's coming. And um, and that's what I love about them. And this one was, was, was no different in that it was different, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And and the whole feel is more sitcom. It's more modern sitcom where, you know, she'll look and address the camera and address the audience and break that. What do you call it? Is it the fourth wall, they say? Or yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. One of those fourth walls. Wall. Yeah, they break the yeah. fourth wall and they look at – only her, though. It's only her, right? And um, yeah. and that gives you some – I, I think I laughed out loud in every episode at some point. And I, I will say that the finale also, um, there were a couple of surprises, a couple cameos. Um, but it also just sort of, it, it was, it was fun and showed kind of threw the rules out. And, and I thought it kind of, it made me laugh too. And was creative that, you know, she goes and, and breaks and yeah. spoiler alert. If you want to skip ahead a little bit to go through here, but she breaks through that. Doesn't like the way that the, the, the season seems to be ending, which does seem to be like most other Marvel movies, right. Or mo yeah. Marvel products. And she says, hope, hold up here. We're not going to end like this. And she then it's sort of this this comic caper of going and to the Marvel Studios where she re gets them to rewrite the Kevin bot to rewrite how yeah. this is going to end. And she gets some input in it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, to the to the very astute observer, I think you could probably find some plot, plenty of plot holes and plenty of like, well, that I don't understand how she could do. What about that? But again, again, I think I said this last episode these are comic book characters. You know what I mean? This is, this is all fiction and fantasy. You know, this is not, we're not doing brain surgery here. We're not uh, curing cancer. We're, we're telling comic book hero stories and it's all for fun. You know what I mean? So don't, don't be so, so sharp and critical. Let's, let's just yeah. enjoy what we're seeing here. And uh, the Kevin bot thing in the Marvel studios, the whole, I, I want to know, I didn't research, but I want to know if this, those studios are actually the studio, right? Is that his real office? You know, obviously not the robot, but you know, um, well, that was, that was Walt Disney studios that she's walking through. Did you recognize okay. that? Yeah. You'd I saw the, I saw the, the statue with Mickey. Yeah, I was telling my kids that. The building where the dwarves are holding up the roof. That's it. That's it. Walt Disney. Right. Yeah. The yeah, only other. All, all cool. Just different. 
Yeah, we never addressed, I don't remember addressing um, the specific Daredevil episode um, where he premiered and came in. Um, I haven't finished Daredevil. You guys were the ones who put me on Daredevil. Um, I saw a couple of tweets and things about people saying they loved it. Some people said you ruined Daredevil because you made him, again, comical. Um, I enjoyed it. Again, I enjoyed it. What did you guys think about that episode? You're talking about the the penalty the the one what do you call it the one before the season finale? Yeah, yeah I think it might have been. I don't was know if it was the one right before. Frog. It might have been two. Yeah, Leapfrog was that five? Yeah, that yes, episode where he comes right. in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you guys think? Well, go ahead, David. I've already said a lot about this. What did you you say? You go first. No, you go first. <laughs> I loved you it. Know, it's like, I loved it. Yeah. I thought he was awesome. Yeah, I was waiting for that the entire time. You saw that the helmet, then you had to wait even longer. And then I knew, I mean, I knew when he's coming, she gets in legal trouble and, or, and she needs, you know, or, or there's a, the legal representation part, part of all of that. And she has a firm. And of course the, when we talk about, let's see, it was the, it was the, the costume maker who gets sued, right? So yeah. by the leapfrog guy, is that correct? So he needs he needs yeah. representation, and yeah. of course, who's you knew he made Daredevil suit based based on the the end scene from t- three episodes prior. So you knew who's going to be his lawyer. They asked, "Are you representing yourself?" He said, "No," and then he walks in, and it's Matt Murdock. And you you know you kind of saw that coming. And then now now you have lawyer against lawyer, and of course he wins the argument. Right. Because and I love the fact, too, that in this, yeah, it, it, comical, whatever, when he fights, none he's he's they're fighting somebody in leap for it. This is, you know, yeah. not serious stuff. Right. We're talking about low level stuff on the daredevil. It's not kingpin level stuff. Right. So you yeah. can you can afford to be comic comical and whatnot. But you get a sense that daredevil is used to the dark. He's used to bad guys. She has no idea about this world. And he knows that. Right. And she's kind, and he even explains to her in the legal proceedings. Even when he argues and wins the the case, he's saying things that you know she's never considered about being a superhero. So you're kind of getting schooled in all this, right? She's getting a lesson without without it being mansplained to her. Does that make sense? Yeah, I thought it was, sure. that, and I thought it was well done. Go ahead, go mm-hmm. ahead, David. What do you think? I thought it, I just thought it was good. <laughs> I knew you would have a much more <laughs> philosophical uh, approach. I like. I mean, I, to me, I, it's like, hey, we we laughed. We thought it was good. So, I, I, yeah, I, I was really glad to see him show up. That was probably my favorite part was that he's in there. I just, for some reason, really like that character, and uh, I, yeah. it did have a different tone because, uh, again, the original everything is is so uh, heavy. Uh, he seems such like a tortured soul, and he didn't feel he didn't seem very tortured <laughs> in this one. So he he's kind of like a lighter, happier daredevil. <laughs> yeah, but that's true. But it does fit the vibe of the show, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, and I, I understand how hardcore daredevil fans might be like, we don't. If you especially if you didn't like the show, I, I could see where that tension comes in, but. But man, any Daredevil I can get, any Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock, I, I love it. And if anything, the only part where I probably didn't like it as much was in the finale, where he's just there for eye candy, you know, pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and but even then, in the vibe of the, the finale, it was fine. I, I really liked where where he showed up and how he showed up and and how that was represented. I, I don't know how in the com- I'm not familiar with the comic books. In the comic books, does he have a relationship with She Hulk, or is that a, a, an invention of the show? I've never seen that. I I've never heard know. or seen anything. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know either. Um, yeah. I don't think so. I have heard several people point out, and I don't I don't know the comics of She-Hulk, but <clears throat> I've heard several people point out that that don't like that when they've heard criticism of breaking the fourth wall, that apparently she does that in the comics. Okay. <clears throat> she talks to the reader. So that's kind of th- things they are bringing in from the comics that a lot of people don't realize that that's, that's why she does that. Mm. So yeah, I've not heard about Deadpool. Daredevil. I feel like I, I, I feel like this is more trying to create the next, they're looking at who is, what, what 
franchises are successful and trying to figure out how they're going forward with the new with a new group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be so interesting to see like the, the future. David. You. Overall, Les, I liked. It. I thought when I, I beat this, I feel stupid, but I, I thought the last, I thought the Leapfrog episode was the finale. So I watched that, been. and we, we were kind of like, "Oh, kind of." It's a cliffhanger. She's she's become like an angry Hulk. Like she's lost it. Like she sees he, they, this stuff goes up online, her private information. She goes crazy. And I thought that was the end. Then we were like, well, that really was a short episode. And so uh, I, I was I was kind of clueless and I was and, and then stuff I kept seeing stuff online and I was like, I don't I don't know what I don't know what anybody's talking about. So <laughs> so it was kind of well, like a double finale for us because uh, so I, I agree. So in that you need to watch figure watch the finale again. You know, we filled you in, you know everything that happens. But yeah. um I also did you JD, did you find it comical that the intelligentsia, right? This group of 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 really dudes that are like that are causing her all this trouble and running these message boards and you kind of, you know, again, spoiler alert, but what it is, all of the things they say are the criticisms of the show that we've heard all through it. It's like they're the guys that hate the show, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah. I thought that was incredibly like well, honestly, I thought it was very clever that they right. they've anticipated everything everybody's going to say and why yeah. they wouldn't like She Hulk and why this message board and they actually like spoof it right in the show and it's yeah. not like they made the show the finale like two weeks before it aired after hearing all the criticism right it, it's this is made way in a, like that's not how they do these things it's like they've anticipated everything everybody's going to say and and get that in. Right, right, and I thought that but, was incredible. But that that it also just turned around and made all those people that have complained about it complain even more because they realized that in their mind, uh, they they in their mind, Marvel and Disney are disregarding their fans. Poking they're disregarding their their the core superhero fans. They're they're tearing down their opinion. So again, I I. I'm just watching this show with my wife and we're it's whether it makes us laugh and whether it's entertaining and but there's some people out there who have strong opinions. So it is and I always kind of when we watch some of these things I'm I do find myself often going who who were they imagining would love this? Who were they targeting? Cuz when you when you know what a fan base likes and then you change it like Star Wars, like you know what the Star Wars crowd really wants, but then you don't do it. Who do you think is going to be that next fan base that rises up? I, it's always an interesting thing I, to watch culturally and go, why do you, why do you make the creative choices that you do sometimes? Because you you are alienating your core. Same way in the parks, they can do that in the parks as well. It's like you you know this is what your parks people love, and then you do the opposite thing sometimes. It's yeah, it is very interesting. interesting. One one thing, you know, you kind of do have to remind yourself too, though, with Star Wars and Marvel, it's like we're we're watching Marvel right now, but Marvel is such on a global scale. Of there's countries all over the world who are watching these Marvel series on their own Disney Plus and things like that. So it's no telling when you're dealing with that large of a market, you know, what you would try and do to expand it and reach even more people constantly of saying like, all right, we're not just going to stick with our core group because now we're in all of these countries and we're going to do advertisements and this culture and stuff like that of like, okay, maybe we should try and, you know, get this demographic or something like that. It's like, I can't even imagine what those conversations are like of like, not only what kind of content should we produce, but like, who should we target it to- towards is far is probably very interesting. Um, probably very interesting to hear. Yeah, yeah I heard well, I, I heard a good I was listening to a podcast this week of um it's the 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 podcast the Disney Dish with uh Jim Hill and and Tessa that's that's, and that's other than ours that's my favorite Disney podcast out there. <laughs> Shout out well, to those dudes. They do uh they had a guy write in with a great uh he said he why couldn't they divide Star Wars Galaxy's Edge into three lands? And where the Millennium Falcon is, that that 
in that area, you could see uh, the original Star Wars characters. You'd see Han and Luke and that crowd and Darth Vader. And then uh, where the Rise of Resistance is, that's where you could meet and greet uh, Ray and uh, the the newer the newer trilogy. And then there was the other area they were saying this could this would be a great place if they move some ships around. They would have to move some of the some of the some of the things around that are that are eye candy in that area, but uh, then they could have an area that was for the prequels, and they were like, "That's this is really a good idea." But they were they, they talked for a minute about how there's a generation now whose favorite Star Wars is the prequel, like the yeah. twenty like people in sure. their twenties are loving the prequel because that was their nostalgia. And I always think that's one thing you've got to remember with Disney. It's it's so much about nostalgia, and as as the as the as the as their as their audience gets older, I think we're like just like characters like um, the characters from the '30s and '40s and '50s. There's less nostalgia for that because that was not what kids uh, remember as much as they, they. There was a generation of kids that remember the '90s. Now we're now they're going to be trying really hard to get the the. the the characters from Frozen and Moana and Zootopia in the part because there's a new generation that that's the most nostalgic thing. And so anyway, I think that's interesting with Star Wars that the group that really loved the original is getting older. And so they're not going to keep, they're not going to keep reaching out to that group because that's, they're going to go for the younger crowd. I think just about every time. Yeah. Uh, You know, and and in terms of, um, you know, with 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 She-Hulk and the, and the Star Wars analogy too, I kind of like see this. If you t- if you took superpowers out of the show and you took Marvel off of the show, what you have is a. I, I don't I don't think she might be saying that. You'd have a you'd kind of have a a modern sitcom that my wife would probably w- watch and like, right? So I do think it's an attempt by them to expand the audience. Um, if it were, if you took superhero and Marvel off of it, my wife might have to make me watch it if she liked it, right? And I never would have an interest in it. But we watched it together, and we we both laughed and thought it was kind of good. But I kind of there's a little bit of a parallel, even though they're entirely different shows, with the Mandalorian. Um, the Mandalorian was an attempt to expand Star Wars fans that succeeded wildly. I think too that with the Marvel stuff, what's happened and where they're going and what they've done. It's who's the core audience, but also how do we expand the audience and find new eyeballs? And and I and again, I think streaming with Disney Plus, a television show, is a great way to try that stuff out. And I think we'll know if it was successful or not based on it. Do we get a season two? Um, do we see some more stuff her show up more? Because I actually found her character to be far more likable than Dagum Captain Marvel. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I agree. Like, I'd like to see her a lot more than than Brie Larson in the Me future. Too. So <laughs> I um, agree, one hundred percent, one hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like, and again, that was that was a you know that was a superhero movie. That was actually Captain Marvel the movie. I thought was a really good movie too. It's just her character was weak, and so any it's interesting the Marvel attempts to expand the audience. Um, I'm trying to think. Any like blatant attempts? Can you guys think of any blatant attempts they've made in the last with any of the new stuff and new series? To blatant, blatantly what? Blatant attempts to expand their audience to do something completely different. Are we still in the formula? I think um, I think you constantly constantly see <clears throat> culturally that they're trying to be more inclusive. I don't know that that is drawing more people in. Uh, I just think it's recognizing culturally di- diversity more, but I don't know that that's making pe- people watch. Like, oh, I'm going to watch Marvel now because it is more representational. I think people. I mean, Marvel already has a huge audience. They're some of the biggest blockbuster movies of the past ten, fifteen years. Yeah. So, uh, but I do see them constantly culturally trying to be. Uh, more politically correct and culturally diverse and things like that. Yeah, I will say I think too, that, I, and I think that can be very blatant because sometimes yeah. it doesn't. It it's not that it's. I did, I know you know it needs to be there, but it, it's it's done in a way that it's like, well, that was almost like a commercial, you know, instead of a really part of the story. It's just kind of tagged on. 
you know, and I think too, it's also, we have to remember, and it's kind of phenomenal to think that 20 years ago, or let's say 30 years ago, in the 80s, all of these characters from Superman to Batman, the biggest Spider-Man, the biggest comic book characters, they barely even would get a movie. Like we got a Superman movie, right? Finally with Christopher Reeves. And that was, <laughs> that was cool. And then you finally, at the end of the 80s, got the Batman movie with Michael Keaton. And wow, what a big, and it made a ton of money. But really you didn't get, it was like a, for whatever reason, these, you would, ne you might get Batman and, and Superman and, and maybe you got Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire and you might get some Blade characters here out on the peripheral, but it wasn't, they didn't play up the comic book part of it, right? At all. Right. Um, and now we have She-Hulk TV series. Like we're that far down the list. Doctor Strange movies. Like this, this is phenomenal. And it's kind of like, Man, what a time to be alive, fellas! This is why I love Disney. <laughs> yeah, you know, I did. Actually, I, I, I did. I, I go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was I'm just going to say that whole uh, that whole part where you just said, Dustin, reminded me of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, one of the most famous actors, one of the best of our generation of all time. Great actor. He. I read something the other day that he gave advice to Timothy Chalamet when he was just starting acting and this was, so this was probably like 10 years ago or a while ago. And he, he told Timothy, all right, this is the best advice I could ever give you. Don't do superhero movies and don't do hard drugs. And then he just walks off. But that shows right there of 10 years ago, a superhero movie was probably seen as career suicide because you know, it's, it's not going to be something super great or they're just going to leave a lot of unhappy fans and people are going to hate you. Um, but now Marvel, I think Marvel... never see you as anything but that, right? Yeah, You'll exactly. you be seen as that. Mm -hmm. yeah. People said the same thing about Christian Bale doing... People told Christian Bale not to do Batman because they're like, everyone's going to see as Batman. And he's totally destroyed that uh, stereotype. So it's changing. Like you said, what a time, what a time to be a movie fan. It's exciting. Right. Well, things are changing too in that uh, there have been multiple Batmans and there have been multiple, you know, there's just For been sure. a lot of different versions of everything. I thought one of the things that was fun watching uh, Andor, I was uh, was watching in, uh, the f in, the, in this first couple episodes where Cassian is young and he's with his this mother who has rescued him, adopted kind of adopted and I kept going why is she so familiar and then I realized it was Aunt Petunia from the Harry mm -hmm. Potter series and then yeah. a little bit later uh, there was another guy that was uh, I recognized from more because the British the, what the British actors are in everything they get to be in Marvel they get to be in Harry Potter they're in Star Wars and you see the same group of really talented actors playing multiple characters and you know, these are people with the big Shakespeare uh, backgrounds and things like that. But uh, it's fun to watch to see how these uh, everybody seems to want to be in everything now. It's like yeah. I want to I want to check off that I've been in Marvel and I've been in a I've voiced a character in a Disney movie and I've been in Star Wars. It's like those are the those are uh, properties that the 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 uh, character. Uh, actor Robbie Coltrane is it Coltrane that played Hagrid that just passed away I read mm -hmm. an uh, a blurb from him this week and he said long after I'm gone Hagrid will still be alive and these are I mean these these franchises you know they as an actor you know, will make you immortal that's a great yeah. lesson for business I think in life in general is uh, positive momentum people want to be part of something that's successful and memorable and that matters and, the, and I think that's a testament to what Marvel and even George Lucas has created. You know, th there's so much momentum that you just want to, people People want to be a part of something successful. People want to be a part of something that other, that people think is great. And uh, they're attracted. I think what Kevin Feige's done and Marvel Studios and Disney's done. And now, you know, even the recent success with Star Wars with the Mandalorian and these series that are kind of, you know, um, turning the page on the, the, um, the, the post cools, I guess, the, the Force Awakens era a little bit, um, that we're seeing just a, a, um, a renaissance of creativity that you couldn't have done a few years ago. And I think streaming has now allowed this, this race for content where people are pouring billions of dollars to try to get our us to subscribe to their, their service or whatever. Um, it's really important. And I think Disney, speaking of, is probably the best position of, of, of anybody to get, to get this done. 
Um, you mentioned Andor. We should talk about that now, too. We'll come back to the other Marvel um, offering that we all watched. Um, but we're in Andor. How far along are you guys, first of all? We're now, the day we're recording today is Wednesday, um, October the 19th, and a new episode released, I believe, today, if I'm not mistaken. Episode so seven. I'm, I'm about four I've seen, episodes. I've seen six. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we can talk. No, we can talk. I've seen all six of about those. it. Yeah. Let's talk openly about it because I'm going to watch the other two. I've seen. I've seen. I've seen four as well. I've, okay. Perfect. Four. Okay. Perfect. What do you guys think? I. It's a very. I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, I'm trying to think there because I'm my mind is on She-Hulk. Um, I've enjoyed it a lot. Dustin, you said something earlier about if you take away... Much different the, vibe from She-Hulk, right? Yeah, it's a much different... I know, I'm trying to transition into that. If you took away... Right. The thing I like about it, it's the same thing kind of as Rogue One, um, which, of course, is going to be compared to a lot. If you stripped Andor, uh, if you just said, okay, this isn't a, a Star Wars series, this is just a series for you to watch, I would still like it, um, which is a very great thing to have in a show it's like all right even if you took away the fan base even if you took away the nostalgia i would still like this show the content is just really good the story is very intriguing i wouldn't call it like a mystery um but it it, it has that kind of vibe to me where i'm really locked in trying to kind of understand it as much as i can um because it's very subtle um but the mood is just very like figure me out, you know, what's going on here, um, which I like those kind of shows. Um, so I've enjoyed it. I'm, I'm excited to see these next two episodes. Yeah, I, I was, you gave me a good word uh, to watch all three episodes together. I think that was true. If I hadn't pushed through and had all that content right there, uh, I might it might have gotten slow, but I liked it. And so... Uh, but I had no, I didn't, Rogue One is the only movie I've not, a Star Wars movie I've not watched yet. Oh, David. I wow. know, I know you love it, but I, you know, already know how it is. So that's true. I've, <laughs> but I've never, I, I, it was kind of, it was kind of like when Endgame, when, when Infinity War came out and everybody was so shell-shocked, I just said, I'm going to wait till Endgame comes out because I just did not want that massive cloud of heartbreak and depression hanging on to me until until I got to see how it resolved. And so that's the only reason I've never watched Rogue One. So now I'm going to have to watch it because now I guess I'm invested in this character. But uh, but I didn't know I didn't even know who was from Rogue One. So like other than I assumed Cassian is, but <laughs> I don't know who else is involved. So, and I, uh, I it, it pulled me in. I started to really, uh, the way they flash back and they show, uh, him as a child, you get their st story there. You, it's, it, it was very mysterious. Now we've got this other character uh, that I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but this, uh, I forget his name now, um, Cyril, who is this, who's, uh, this empire uh, guy that wants to obviously make a name for himself and do something, and he's wanting to catch Cassian, and he breaks with what his leaders tell and then he's anyway you could there's they're setting things up that i think this is it's almost like a this is going to be the long journey uh, he's at he's going to keep chasing him till he you know but the the i will say that this episode six where i am that could have been the season finale they could have stopped right there because it's going to wrap up at the end of season episode six and then it's it opens up the story like now where is it going to go but um the one one thing I also liked, I thought the writing was better. Um, it pulled me in like I I didn't have cringe moments like I was going. Like, that's what I had a lot in Obi Wan, uh, where you're like, ooh, that just that that feels a little forced, a little old TV like. It didn't feel cinematic. It felt mm -hmm. like that's just not great. It's it's okay, but I, and I, that did not happen. I did not have those moments where I felt it didn't feel like they were playing for comedy or it was just here it is. And it's a little darker. It's a little more serious than even like Mandalorian or things like that. It's, it's, uh, it's a little more dramatic and I, I liked it. 
I've liked it so far. There's, uh, there's, you know, there's, there's some things that I wish that hadn't happened in episode six, but I kind of expected it. So, you know, now, now it's kind of a, can't wait a, to see the it. next, next half. And I think there's 12 episodes, so it's only half oh, that's there. great. Wow. Yeah, and these are longer episodes. They're like 55 minutes long. And so it was wow. a, a completely different journey than uh, some of the others. Like, you know, Mandalorian episodes were like, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the, the credits are, you're just getting pulled in and it goes off and you're like, man, but this, this was a lot more uh, content. Yeah, I think you're both you're both right. My my kids have had a little tr- more trouble getting into this. And it's because it, because it's a, it's an, about an hour, you know, f- fifty minutes or so. You know, you watch it before bed. You can't binge watch three episodes usually in a row with my kid. We have to watch one at a time. So we got through episode one, and everybody was like, "I don't care about this." And I, I've had to make them like watch the next two. And now we're all like, "It's exciting, right?" But yeah, you're right. right. They released those first three episodes, um, probably anticipating that people needed needed the hook right right and it kind of goes into gear in episode three Um, i think even even the flashbacks are are those are probably attempts to bring kids in because otherwise there'd be no kids in the whole in the whole movie but uh i do think you know in like in the first episode he's looking for he's trying to find information about his sister that he was separated from as a child and that's the only time they ever bring that up in, so far, and I'm through. So I'm going. Well, that's something else. You know, they're gonna. We still have to to work on in the in the last six episodes, maybe. But they're they're uh, it, it. It's a bigger arc. It's a yeah, much yeah. bigger, longer story. So and you haven't seen Rogue One. What I love about this show is it really the the thing that makes Rogue One, in my opinion, so great. A, it's great writing. The characters though are so interesting, and they're so different. And they do Ooh. such a great job, um, kind of pulling out pulling out parts that make you want to know more about these characters. Which is my biggest frustration with Rogue One is that there wasn't going to be any more. Right? You couldn't mm-hmm. get to know these characters. But now they step back into this world. Where we can get to know Cassian Andor much much better. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and you kind of have that ability. But, and it does have the same vibe as Rogue One. There's a lot maybe, of maybe maybe at some point Captain Captain Marvel. Since she's all powerful, can go through some, oh. uh, what do you call it in Marvel, where they where they're kind of jumping time. She can jump back in time and go multiverse. save. Yeah, the multiverse. She can go save uh, that whole planet. Yeah. All powerful. <laughs> That'd be awesome wow. if they did. <laughs> but I do think like we're pausing now on Andor and how he became a spy and what you have. If I were, you know, it's kind of like what is this, right? And it is, it's like a CIA, it's like a born identity kind of like, yeah. how did this mm, guy yeah. become a spy? How does his arc with, um, and, he, and then you have, you know, he meets with the band of, of, of rebels and you start to get the, the sense of the, uh, the, 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 the rebellion and how it, these are the, the roots of how it's starting, right? Because the, the Senate's still in operation. Um, we're in that part where, you know, you're pre, this is pre new hope, right? Because Rogue One takes place. That's where the big finale of Rogue One is this is how Princess Leia gets the plans to the Death Star, right? And that's how episode one, episode, I'm sorry, episode four, A New right. Hope starts. And so before that, you know, Princess Leia is in her, her family, we now know, is really involved in the Senate. And you see after, you know, Revenge of the Sith, how the Empire kind of takes over, and it's one by one. It's sometimes it's militarily, sometimes it's imperialism, sometimes it's politically. But whatever they can do to take over the the entire universe, they're going to do that. And you kind of get a sense of the rebellion there and, and what people are fighting for. And, and it's a ragtag group of like with all sorts of competing motivations of what what things are. He reminds me a little bit of Han Solo. And, and mm. not as funny and not as kind of like cheeky, you know, but definitely the same motivations. He's not a, yeah. not necessarily a smuggler, but he's somebody who's trying to survive. And you see from the time he's a kid to even now, he's, he's you know, stealing and um, but not stealing to uh, like a swashbuckling pirate, but stealing more for a reason. Just, to, just he's a survivor and has a different motivation altogether. And um, I actually kind of, if you if you ever get to know um, Diego Luga is in real life, like if you read any interviews with him or find out about how he became an actor and how he came to the United States and got the original role for Rogue One, it's really inspiring. 
it seems to kind of go with a, his personality that mm. I, I think if I'm not mistaken, he came up with very humble beginnings, couldn't speak English at all and, and made himself into an English speaking actor and, and got the, the Rogue One, of course, was his biggest role he, he's ever gotten. And now is getting a chance to, to expand on that too. And I think he's fantastic in this. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, yeah. He awesome. looks uh, this uh, the the first episodes or two. He looks so much like Paul McCartney in the seventies with the beard. And I kept thinking he he's going to sing. He's going to sing "Let It Be" any minute. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's a great call. He, he finally shaves the beard off, and I was like, okay. Yeah. I, but he still he still actually kind of looks a little like he could play Paul McCartney and and something if he can do a British accent because I thought he looked a lot like. Him. I see it. I see that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm also to the point, too, where you kind of get the sense people are going to turn, and you also get it, people are going to be found out, and you get a sense that you're, there's going to be a rec like a reckoning at some point. Like You kind of see, like, what, what would it be like if there's deep undercover agents, you know, still mm -hmm. operating, and well, not yeah. a Jedi to be found as of yet, you know? I know, I know we've got to wrap it up, but I, the, what, one of the things I liked is this, this group, this little band of rebels that he's aligned with here they all have a different motivation and you don't know all their motivations but mm -hmm. some truly it's the cause of the of that the empire is evil to people some it's revenge some it's you know they just all have different perspectives some it's money so so it's all like what you know i don't think that's something that you often think about in the star wars movies like these, all these characters. What's their motivation, and why? Why? Why are these guys stormtroopers? Why are these guys even in the in the? Why are they rebels, or why are they in with the empire? You know, it just seems like it's good and evil, and that's if you're evil, you're over there, and if you're good, you're over here. But yeah. sometimes it's more complicated than that. Kind of, like, and I, I brought up spy right, spy stuff. One of my favorite shows, Homeland. Um, you what you do when you get in a really good spy novel or a really really good spy movie or show or whatever what you learn from that is that everybody's motivations are different people are have different uh, are competing it's not always like the good guys versus the bad guys in two different ideologies just at war maybe under the surface but it might be you need the help of this guy over here who just needs to feed his family or this guy over here who was his cousin was murdered by those guys so there's all sorts of competing factions and reasons and it makes for for who's loyal to who and why and um it, and it's interesting it's just interesting to see it all play out and i think this show kind of is, is getting the best of those things as well so so yeah. far i'm really mm -hmm. loving it that's awesome i'm excited well, I also i i know we've got to wrap it up but we can, maybe we can talk next time about uh a werewolf by night i watched oh, yeah. that and I've also uh, started watching Hocus Pocus 2. It was a lot longer than I realized it was going to be. So I haven't quite finished Hocus Pocus 2. But a lot of maybe we should do a Halloween episode and talk about some of the, <laughs> the scary, <laughs> scary ones. There you some go. Of the, That's a some of the, the werewolf. Perfect. I did see Werewolves by Night. Um, I'd love to talk about that. Just real quick, did you like it? Uh, yeah, I did. I mean, I. And I, I'm a I'm a fan of um, that wasn't I never know how to say yeah. his name. No, listen, I'm a fan of of the mu the music of Giancarlo. Is that has that? I'm saying am I saying it right? I have to see it in front of me to remember how to say it. But he wrote all the music for Up. He's written music for The Incredibles. He's and, and this is like a director. Now he's being a director. So this guy that's always been there directing us musically, emotionally. Now he's so I wish that. I, my first impression was I wish it had felt more like I was watching an old movie. Like it didn't. It felt like okay. I was watching a new movie in black and white. And I thought there were, oh, there's so many just character things they could have done that would have like sealed it. Like you would have, like I've gone back in time and I'm, I'm watching Universal Marvel, I mean, a Universal characters. But that was the only thing. It just, it felt, it felt, strangely modern just with a black and white and i think gotcha. they could have made some but the music it was weird because then they, they were playing music from the 30s and i was like i do not feel like i'm in the 30s at all and so that was weird um it just was a little 
artistically off for me, but I liked I liked the basic premise of it. It wasn't nearly as scary as I thought it was going to be. Right. I thought the I thought the trailer looked like, whoa, that looks. I don't know if I want to watch that. That looks like that might be rough. It wasn't. It it wasn't nearly as scary as I thought. Do you like it, John David? I have not seen it yet. That will be on my Halloween list to okay. watch. Is it a movie or a show we'll or is it like a series? It. It's just a one. It's it's just like a, a movie, a short movie. Okay. It's cool. just staying like an right. hour. It's like a it's like cool. a feature, feature a Halloween feature sort of thing. Perfect. Yeah, we we saw it. I, I I'm like you. I liked it. I didn't love it, um, but uh, but my kids liked it. Yeah. The two kids I let watch it. So the two older ones. <laughs> it did. I mean, and when I said it's not nearly as scary, <clears throat> it did have. <clears throat> More violence than I would have let yeah. my kids watch. I mean, people losing their heads and things like that, getting but, eat, eat and stuff. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But um, but they did. They, my kids know all the characters. Like they knew who everybody was. It's weird. Like, and so when you kind of like that, it, it draws you in. You're like, oh, that's you know, like when they saw Scar at the end of at the end of She Hulk. You know, they were like, oh yeah, Scar. They were like excited about this. I have no idea who that is. I didn't know Hulk had a kid. You know what I'm saying? So they're they're learning this from. Because they know the comics, right? Yes. Yeah, so yes, um, but they 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 from school. One of them from the library checked out a Marvel encyclopedia, and they had to send it back. And so my, they loved it so much. I think they got it for their birthday or something. So we have okay. this giant. They've like memorized it. They play games. I think I've like, got to get that book. Dad, yeah, say I they'll say Dad, room. say a number. And you, between one and four hundred, there's like four hundred fifty pages. You say a number, and they go to that page, and they say, "All right." There's four characters. Pick a number between one and four, and then they say the character, and you got to tell like all the stuff about them and where they first showed up and what comic book with and who they're related to, and it, it, they know it all. It's wow. ridiculous. I wow. need that. I love that because if you, when you try to do that online, you it's like a, a a rabbit hole. You just keep falling deeper and deeper. I would love a an encyclopedia book that had it all. There used they used to have these. Uh, they used to do that with Disney characters, like you know the the encyclopedia of Disney characters. But now there are just so many. Too many. The book would yeah. be you could do it. Every, I don't know how they could even do it months. with Marvel. I don't even yeah. know how with Marvel you could do it. But um, yeah, that well, sounds awesome. interesting. I, I want to see that book, guys. It's always fun, and I can't wait to get back and talk about all this with you again. Um, we uh, we appreciate all y'all's time. Thanks for hanging out with us again. Leave us a five star review and check us out on whyilovedisney.com or Twitter or Instagram. And until next time, guys, have a good one. That was a lot of fun, guys. See y'all later.